2021, y'all. Thank goodness, I said. Ready to do it all again. Dispatches from Planet Funk. This is the Aced Out Podcast. Dedicated to all whom the man tried to ace out. By profiting from the soul. Without stopping to give props to the prophets of soul. Mm-hmm. That's me, Ace Allen. Sometimes they call me Barack Wayne. And we're brought to you by the letter P. And we're sponsored by Pete. P-E-T-E, otherwise known as... People for the Ethical Treatment of Ear Holes. Everybody here is Funkonaut Fam Affiliated. Because Funk is spelled fun with a K. That's why they pronounce it Funk, eh? Right, Jay? Yeah, buddy. It's a new year, Jay. Yeah, it is. We're ready to do it all again. 2021. You know what's happened to me these days? So, like, I've been shaving my head since, like, my mid-20s, right? Yeah. And then usually, so, like, if I shave my head, you get, like, a 9 o'clock shadow. You can kind (laughs) of see what's going on with your hair about 9 o'clock. Right. And, uh, you know, when I shave my head the next day, I would look inside the shaver because you have to clean it. And there's all these, like, black hairs in there. And then maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe last... Up until about this last year, it'd be like salt and pepper. You know how they call yeah. it salt and pepper? Some black, <laughs> some salt. Well, now it's all salt. Oh. And when I look at my nine o'clock shadow, there's like a big gap in the middle. You know oh. what I mean? Like bald guys get like, there's just hair on the side. Yeah. You got to cut your hair like white man. <laughs> One side. Well, I look handsome when I shave it all. But I'm pretty sure if I let my hair grow now, I look like Larry David. Like Larry David and Lin- uh, Vin Diesel crossed yeah. together. You know what I'm there saying? You go. That's the pain of 2021. Otherwise, I'm glad to be here. And I'm glad that we just talked to a funk legend, Jay Stone. Yes. Shirley Hayden. We just talked to Shirley Hayden, a member of the P-Funk royalty. Yes. She's the fourth member of that fam that we've talked to, right? We've talked to Amuka from Brides of Funkenstein, Mm -hmm. episode two. Episode nine, we talked to Rick Gardner of the Horny Horns, Trumpet Man. We talked to Jay Dub. Hey, episode God. five and our producer episode six episode seven episode nine jw who also played in parlette yes uh with his sister debbie wright and now we just talked to a living legend shirley hayden mm-hmm. also in parlette she joined after debbie left so she's in the second phase as she said and she also sang on all the other stuff that was going on at the time after she joined in 78. She joined uh, right at the tail end of recording One Nation Under a Groove, Jay Stone, yeah. the Funkadelic album. Subsequently, she appeared on albums such as Motor Booty Affair, the Bye. classic, all, the whole album. Glory Hall is Stupid, all over that album. Trombibulation, her personal favorite, all over that album. Mm-hmm. But what you can really hear her on are the albums by Parlette. Sister group to Brides of Funkenstein, and she appears on the albums Jason Invasion of the Booty Snatchers, <laughs> great title, <laughs> and Play Me or Trade Me, 1979 and 1980, respectively. That's Shirley Hayden. Mm-hmm. After that, uh, she hooked up with Kid Rock in the 90s and did three albums with him. She went gold, she went platinum, she went diamond. 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 I didn't even know that was a thing. Man. Evidently, that's 10 million albums. That is a lot. 
she doesn't brag on it too much because Kid Rock's so controversial nowadays. You know, she said people got mad at her, but that's a big accomplishment in her yeah. musical career. Her current crew, uh, she makes music with a cat named Blackman, Danny Blackman Harris. Yes. And another cat, a drummer, Sean Papa Franklin. And they do songs, they put out singles. Uh, check them out on YouTube, y'all. Yeah. Uh, Can You Feel Me? Songs like Stop Being Messy, <laughs> Set Me Free. And my fave song that she does is called Always on the One, which we'll be listening to. Uh, Shirley grew up in Detroit. She used to be ex-boo to JW, who she called Jim. She remembers him as Jim, Jim Wright. Jim Wright. And she still lives there in Detroit, lives with her mom. Whenever I call Shirley, she's always cooking food for her mom over there. That's great. Uh, talk to her on Thanksgiving and stuff. Really nice woman. And the reason why we were able to talk to her, Jay Stone, is all because of chocolate. Chocolate what? from Graham Central Station, who loves us so much that she booked the guest for us. That's beautiful. And you guys, check out episode 10. That's our tribute to Willie Wilde from Graham Central Station, where we co-host with Chocolate. And then there's also an episode on Chocolate herself. Watch episode 11 of Aced Out Podcast. We love you, Chocolate. Thank you very much. So get ready to listen and learn to this interview. Jay Stone, I thought that... Since we're beginning a new year and we've been around for, I thought it'd be a good time to reintroduce ourselves to our audience. Yeah. Maybe somebody's listening to us for the first time now. So, hello, my name is Ace Allen. Like I said before, I am a Funkanon. If you're wondering what that is, that is a fresh, dope funk band led by my co-host, Jay Stone, who's the founder and leader of the Funkanots since, I want to say, 1996. Is that when the Funkanots yeah. came on the scene? Yeah, right? that was our first CD and, uh, you know still trying to chip away at it it's wonderful and he's our guitarist he's a vocalist he's uh recorded and wrote and produced our theme song i can never be we have an album it's called the bible basic instructions before leaving earth we'd like you to get a copy wherever music is sold um the whole thing is written and produced by jay and it also features our fallen funkinaut soldier rrp rest in power to brother p patrick owens mm -hmm. Uh, we are your new favorite podcast, and we started in October 2018. We are a public service, y'all. We do deep dive interviews with greats of funk and soul history and beyond, especially those that we feel don't get enough credit, like Shirley Hayden. Yep. Think of our episodes as installments. We're not like all about our own ego. Ego. <laughs> ego. <laughs> ego, I said. Igor. That's from uh, Frankenstein. We're not about our ego. Uh, we're just about our guests. If we get a guest, then we do a show. So our guests are more in like irregular installments, kind of like Marvel comic movies. That's how I like to think about it, Jay Stone. You mm -hmm. know how like one month will be like Black Panther? Yeah. And then maybe a little time goes by and then Infinity War comes out. Maybe yeah. Marvel, uh, you know, Captain Marvel come out the same month. We're kind of like that. Yes, sir. Um, our past episodes have featured wonderful guests, starting with Rusty Allen from Sly and the Family Stone. All the way to Wayne Foote from Slave, who we just talked to last episode, episode right. 13. Check that one out. We got a great uh, response for that, by the way, Jay Stone. Wow. Foot Funk in the house. It's Foot Funk in the house. Uh, he was all full of energy, and I know he loved the episode. I felt bad because he didn't realize the episode was out right away, so I was able to get him that link finally, and I know he liked it. No. Uh, 
and I really manifested that Alan thing. Remember how I was complaining a couple episodes? <laughs> how people sometimes people think my name is Alan, not right. Ace. He called me Alan the, the whole, whole time. time. I even dude. told him my name's Ace. He's all right, yeah. Alan. <laughs> <laughs> I just gave up. It's all right. I love it. You could call me Alan too. Um, speaking of chocolate from Graham Central Station, she's still hooking it up for us. Wow. Um, our next episode, Jay Stone, coming up also this month. Sweet LD of Oaktown 357, our first rapper from rap old school royalty. Uh, But she's still out there doing it. Um, That was a female hip hop act formed in 89 by MC Hammer, Mm -hmm. uh, also featuring Little P and Terrible T. And that was booked by Chocolate as well. She's out there in Texas, and we're going to talk to Sweet LD soon. After that, we're going to have a special tribute show to Brother P from the Funkin' Jay Stone. He was the bassist, then guitarist for the Funkin' He passed away a couple months ago, about a month and a half ago. We're still grieving over that. We're going to have OG Funk drummer Mac Fab in the studio with us. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have a lot of other special guests who we're going to talk to on the phone. Yes. Including family members and uh, past uh, cast that he's played with. Nice. Looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm looking big forward to that. We also might have some live music coming through, some tribute jams. All right. Ooh, listen to this track. This is a Shirley Hayden track. You know that? This is her song. This is the instrumental. Love it. Um, So we got more to come, y'all. I want to shout out, give special thanks to Scott Shepard. Scott, keep your head up. And thank you for uh, giving us your help. Thank Debbie you, Scott. JJ, yeah, thank you, Scott. Debbie JJ in the house. She brought her footstool this time. You know, she's a little height challenge. She <laughs> want to get some overhead shots, not just all up my nose. Nice, man. Um, we've got uh, Alex and Dominic behind the board today. It's a two-man crew putting graffiti on your soul. Above all, I want to thank Three Charts. Three Charts doing our art and IT. Our art and IT. That's Three Charts. <laughs> Our listeners, I want to shout you out as always. We got people listening to us, Jay Stone, in Shreveport and Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We got listeners in Jacksonville, Florida. People in Passaic, New Jersey. Jerseyville, Illinois. Mm. I didn't know there was such a thing. And they're listening to Ace Out Podcast. Wichita, represent Ace Out Podcast. We got listeners in Birmingham, Alabama. Wow. We got them listeners in New York, New York. People dig us in Kentucky. Everybody likes the funk. People are all about the funk in Virginia, Jay Stone. We got listeners in Massachusetts, in Texas, North Carolina, Mm -hmm. Michigan, Tennessee. And by the way, keep your head up, Nashville. I know you had some uh, tragedy over there. Yes. Mississippi, they always love it. Japan, Jay Stone. (laughs) Watashi Tachi no Nihonjin Tomodachi Tachi. That means, you know what? My Japanese friends, or sorry, our Japanese friends. Niceness. We got lots of listeners there. Lots of regular ones, too. That's what's up. We got listeners in Vietnam. We still got them. People in Canada are digging the sound. Nice. People in Thailand love us. Thailand. Philippines. Man. And Nepal. Nepal. Man, how do we get out to Nepal? You know, I read one time that our outgoing president, President 4045, he was uh-huh. in a meeting and he yeah. pronounced it nipple. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys, check us out. You can listen to us on Stitcher. I love how we look on that Stitcher app. Nice. You can listen to our podcast on Spotify. Spotify is a great place to listen to ASL podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, 
Overcast, tune in. But the place to check it out is aceoutpodcast.com. Every time. That's A-C-E-D-O-U-T-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.com. You can check out pictures. You can check out links. I write a nice little article that I curate and edit myself about each guest. Nice. That's me. I wrote that, guys. <laughs> you believe that? Buy some boots. <laughs> got some boots up there from J-Dub. Oh, yeah. We got Jay. You're right. He's got uh, George Clinton's boots, and he's selling them. They're from the cover of Placido, Placebo Syndrome, y'all. God. I got to stop having this whiskey when we're doing the intro, man. <laughs> I'm getting the flubber jubbers when I'm talking. What do you think about this? This is some of that Manu Dibango playing. Hey, man, I was about to ask you who that was. Yeah, yeah, man. Listen to some of him lately. Mm-hmm. You like this jacket? I got this for... I got my, you know, got my Christmas gear I'm wearing. There you go. Got this jacket. Sweet. That's a tight shirt. Got this shirt. Shoes. You know nice. what I'm saying? I'm laced. Stepping out. I like you had your Superman mask on. That's right. 2021. Gotta, I, gotta I, come with it. I know. I got my Jimi Hendrix COVID mask. All right, let's check out this. Uh, let's check out this interview, Jay Stone. Yeah. I felt bad because I felt like I was talking over. Her sometimes I think she had a hard time hearing me. You know, sometimes with these cell phones and stuff. Yeah. But she was chilling. She said she had cotton mouth at some point, no and uh, I think she was really hanging out and you know kicking back. If you catch my drift, yes. she's hanging out with Black Man, her musical partner, and we had a great talk with her. Let's get to it without further ado. Do you know what I really like from? Um, from the Attack of the Booty Snatchers album, mm-hmm. Huff and Puff. Yes. You know, the uh, the Three Little Pigs, <laughs> Big Bad Wolf, right? Uh, nursery Rhyme. This is kind of a funk version of that. That's cool. Very let's check creative. Out, very creative. Uh, let's check out some of that. Also, Brother P, one of his favorite songs. Oh, man. I remember he taught me how to play the, the bass line from that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's listen to Huff and Puff, and then we'll talk to Shirley Hayden from Parlette and P-Funk. What you think? Down. All right, let's do it.
The boogeyman's gonna get you, Jay Stone. Uh oh. And we're talking to Shirley Hayden. She's in Detroit. She's hanging out with her homeboy. Is that Danny Blackman Harris with you there? Danny Blackman Harris, yes. <laughs> right, right on. And I like your music. I like what you've been doing together. Right Thank on, right you. On, Thank right you. On. How long have you been a crew? A seven crew? Yeah, about years. seven to eight years. Seven to eight years. I love it. I love it. Real. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's the weather like in Detroit now? How are your holidays and stuff? Happy New Year oh. and all that? Cold. <laughs> Cold. You grew up in Detroit, right? Oh, yes. Most definitely, yeah. Yeah. And what was it like in Detroit back then compared to now? Or what was it like for you growing up in Detroit? Growing up in Detroit was different. I was a teenager. <laughs> I was young, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was your typical a uh, teenager who had a, uh, you know, I grew up around Motown. Right. Mm. And so Motown was a big influence um, on me and and my crew of folk. You know, we were part of the, the art um, department in junior high. I was graduating to high school, 67. So exciting times, exciting times, but yet, um, you know, hard times because we didn't have very much of anything. But we were, me and my friends, we were, uh, we were, we worked with what we had. We knew mm-hmm. how to, we knew how to create uh, outlandish um, costumes. We knew how to create mm. and make something out of nothing, a piece of material. That's right. What kind of costumes did you used to make? Oh, well, you know, whatever it called for, like if we were taking part in a dance recital and, uh, you know, it was something flowing. Yeah. It had to be flowing. And uh, leotards, no doubt. Leotards were big in the 70s. <laughs> dance skins. <laughs> <laughs> right on. <laughs> And your father, Leon, he was a singer too, right? You said he had a bass voice? Who was that? Uh, your father, uh, Leon, is that right? Yes. He sang with a yes. bass voice. He was a singer, you told me. He was. My dad was a vocalist. Yeah, he had the bass voice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Did he gig a lot? Was he big on music for a time or... Now that ace, I really couldn't tell you because I was a child, you mm-hmm. know, I'm a child looking out on all of what the grown, you know, growing up, I, right. was, I was a child when my dad was doing his thing, but I heard him sing. Uh, he performed, he and my uncle, my uncle, baby Ruth mm-hmm. were members of, you know, um, Gospel groups. Okay. They sang a church. Nice. Yeah, they sang a church. So yeah, I, I grew up around that style of gospel music in the church and mm. the community. And also, um, you were influenced a lot by jazz vocalists, right? Like Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughan, Nina Simone. No doubt. So I started 
really listening to Ella and yeah, I was already listening to Billy Holiday. Yeah, you know, I call her my my um, auntie. Oh, right. Angel watching over me. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. Never met her, but I just feel a, a kindred, mm-hmm. right? A, a kinship with Miss Billy Holiday. But I really started listening to the jazz vocalist. I think it was in the eighties. The eighties when I met. Marcus Belgrave and, wow. uh, you know, Eddie Harris. Right. I, I met a crew of folk here in Detroit, a jazz artist, um, that, yeah, Marcus was, this is what he was doing. This is the music he was doing. Thought that I needed to, you should, he suggested that I spend some time with this music, this jazz music. I had the voice. But uh, you have to put in time, and that meant spending time with him and mm-hmm. and being at you know, fabulous parties and not so fabulous. Parties. <laughs> 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 it was so fun. It was it was a lot of fun because I was honing my skills. I was honing my 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 skills, and um, you know to recognize that you're growing in your musical ability. Because I've been a singer all my life, really. Right. Um, so you're 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 stretching, you're evolving, and and so to see what well, I can look back now and see the growth and um, the evolution is just mesmerizing. It's truly mesmerizing to see how far I've come and those of my life, my my dear friends. You know, we're all artists, folklore. It must be They've really, a, yeah, you come a long way. It must be amazing to think about all that from the perspective now. Um, did you? It it, because people. Yeah, go ahead. I, I had sort of put it, that was like the past, so mm-hmm. I thought. Mm-hmm. That was the past. Right. And, you know, I, I had some residual stuff I needed to exercise, exercise. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> some you know, residual stuff that the funkiness of it, the yep. way that things ended, the way the business ended. Were you part of that crew? Um, how did you get onto the radar of the whole P Funk thing? Were you with like Don Davis, like in the recording studio doing sessions? How did you oh. link up with that crew? Davis. I met Don Davis at the beginning of my introduction to the United Sound Systems recording studio. Right, United Sound. That's what I was trying mm. to remember. Right, United Sound. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, Eli Fontaine, people like that, I met at the early, my early beginnings of Parlette's recording at the United Sound Systems. And Jim, you and Jim Wright were a couple, right, back at some point, right? We were a couple, eh? Wow. <laughs> Was that I loved Jim. We were young, and I, being a um, slightly older woman. Uh-huh. Okay. Slightly <laughs> older woman, you know, I think, yeah. Uh, it was, we had fun. We we were young, and, yeah. and you know, we did what young people do. Mm-hmm. But we were artists. We we had a um, you know a deep spiritual kinship. He was a, he was you know, as you already know a drummer. Yeah. 
upcoming drummer, brother to uh, Debbie Wright. That's right. One of the main uh, female voices in Parliament. Right. And um, it was exciting, but yet um, it wasn't without its pain. You have to have that the whole spectrum. Mm -hmm. It was life. We were, yeah, living and learning. And Jim, Jim helped me a lot. Jim helped me to free myself. How did he do that? He introduced me. We talked a lot about music, and he would come and see me at different little local gigs. Um, I was performing with a band that he had previously performed with, and I think it's just, you know, it was all neighborhood, community stuff, Every all the musicians, young musicians um, knew one another. Right. And yeah, so um Jim was my my uh introduction. I had been listening to Parliament Funkadelic, of course. I grew up on Parliament Funkadelic. So you were, you were <laughs> a fan. But I had uh, here it is. I'm I'm in the throes of Funkadelic. My <laughs> <laughs> my boy's sister is a main part of this, you know. Right. This, this, the biggest rock and funk rock group in the world is like it's amazing and we love that I, um we're really good friends with jim as you call him we call him jw now he's a good friend to our show too on our J- podcast yeah jw uh-huh and uh, <laughs> you came in I, so i guess um what i'm trying to get at is getting a feel for how you got in there i know you told me that well, you how came in i got there. <laughs> well well said, hi. Let me ask you, let me put it like this. So you told me it was the tail end of One Nation Under a Groove that you first started, like, where you started recording with the group, the whole P-Funk army and stuff. Is that correct? That is, yes, partially correct. I I was, um, that was at the beginning, yeah. So how how did that session come about, you know? Happening at the same time. Got it. The shaping, second phase of Parlette. Um, the first phase was, of course, Malia, Jeanette, and and uh, uh, Malia, Jeanette, and Debbie. Right. And I was the second phase. That's of right. Gotcha. And so you know, all of that was happening at the same time, uh, recording because you're just sort of thrown into, thrust into the <laughs> just. Into not thrown, you go willingly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> but you're trying to figure out what's going on at the same time, right? Figure out what's going on, who's who, and here it is. You know, you want the vocal, you want to get this vocal thing right. It's just all exciting. Nice. I really yeah. love. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say I really love um, Motor Booty. I really love that album. The Motor Booty Affair. And you are all over that album, right? And uh, that is such yes. a classic. That's classic. Yes. And Was, people yeah, go ahead. wonder, people have uh, asked, how do you do the voicing? Yeah. You know, how do you do the voicing? Well, a lot of that, Ace, you come with when you're... <laughs> You know, when you were auditioning uh, for, because I had to audition 
You did have to audition. What was that like? I I had to audition. Yes, I did. I was scared as hell. (laughs) (laughs) For George, for Gary Scheider, who? Whoever was conducting the audition at that time, which was Ron Dunbar. Got it, Ron Ron Dunbar. Yeah, I know who that is. Dunbar, and we did it in Malia Franklin's family's basement. Wow, that's what the audition was? Yeah. yeah, it was a hell of an audition. The band was hot as hell, and uh, I had to show them what I had. Was the whole band there? Yes, the whole... Well, you know, Parlette's band had been formed months earlier. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, the players were changing, interchanging a little bit. Um, During that time, that was the mid, the late 70s, you know, Mm -hmm. 78. And, um, yeah, it was, all of that was going on at the same time. So it was wild and crazy. I had never seen anything (laughs) before. What the hell is going on? And you want to know, okay, how am I going to get paid from this? <laughs> right. Having, that too, I mean, right? Thinking dollars and cents. Yeah, how am I going to uh, get paid for doing this? Ah, it's so much fun. I'm having a great time, but right. it's still but. a business. <laughs> do you remember what you, song you had to do for your audition? No. It was probably Ride High, one of the parlette nice. songs for, yeah, yeah. For, mm-hmm. for Pleasure Principle. <clears throat> yeah, that's great. Oh, no, it was Ride High. It wasn't Ride High because, no, it wasn't Ride High. Oh, it yeah, not, that, that's from the next album. Yeah, some from the, I know yeah. what you mean, the first parlette album. First album. <laughs> Got you. Yeah. Well, but go, I have the, you yeah. know, I had, had the, I, I was a secret weapon. I had the, Go ahead. The whole pack, yeah. I had the whole package from what I was told. What was the you package? Know, what, what they call a triple threat. What's the triple threat? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> the triple threat is you have the look. Yeah. You have the, the ability to do it, and you have the stage. You have charisma. Aha! I agree. Then triple you got threat. all those three things. Hey, all uh, of those three. All those three nasty. things. It was natural. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go ahead. Let's listen to um, one of those funky things off the Motor Booty Affair. Let's listen to some of this funky work that she was doing back then. Come on, 
should have seen me i was doing the moonwalking here to that <laughs> do you re- what do you think of when you hear that uh shirley like what what do you remember about recording that or what pops in your mind when you hear that one um i'm uh, i'm excited yeah i think that i haven't heard it in such a long time um i love that song mm-hmm. yeah but um, we spent a lot of. T- I'm not sure where, which recording studio it was recorded out of. Whether it was United Sound Systems mm-hmm. or since mm-hmm. we traveled between several studios recording. Yeah, what other ones and did you go to, or in LA? So or? We went to LA. Yeah, I recorded in LA for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, Arlette. But um, that whole period for me was... Yeah. It was exciting, yet it was frustrating because you're trying to find your balance. You're trying... Here it is. Your dream is happening. You're singing on... Uh, a professional level, you take, you've gone to the next level of your uh, craft, <laughs> which is exciting. <laughs> you know, you're accepted by the masses. Oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. So that was a, it's a great time. It was a great time, yet frustrating. And I had a small child. My daughter was six, seven years old. Wow. I'm so what was frustrating fun. about it? What was frustrating? Because because uh, you're talking about you you had a daughter. Uh, was it getting paid regularly? Was it um, there were other all tensions? Of, all of that, not getting paid regularly, um, having to leave my daughter for short periods of time, but nevertheless, I still had to leave her in order to uh, work with this group. Right, right. You'd have to tour and stuff and be away from her. Right, I had to be away for moments, you know. So that was hard. And then being in the studio to record and, uh, you know, do the recording and not get paid. That was, mm. yeah, that that was hard. Yes. What were that you was- signed to or were you like signed to the label or like to like... I personally was not signed. The group Parlette was signed to Casablanca mm-hmm. Records at that time. 
Um, what was his name? I can't think of the name of the president at that time of Casablanca. I know who you're talking about. I know his name too. I can't think of it. The the leader of Casablanca Records. I know who that is. Um, so Neil Bogart. Right, Neil Bogart. Neil Bogart. Um, so wait a second. Yeah, so Parlette so, was signed, but you weren't signed. How does that work? No, I was not signed. I thought that I wanted to be signed. Truthfully speaking, because I fought for it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you did fight for it. I did, of course. I'm re- I'm recording. I'm working. Now you've had me in the studio doing some work, and um, you know. <laughs> who would you Who would you make your demands to, like when you fought Here. for it? You say what? Who would you talk to, to in order to make these demands oh, for yourself? Talk to the head honcho. So that's who I spoke with. I spoke with associate producers like Ron. Dunbar, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, but I needed to speak with George. <laughs> right, he's the man. He's he's the man. He's the head producer. So I needed to speak with him about a contract. How does that work? And was he approachable in that way at the time? <laughs> That's not what I wanted. <laughs> so that, <laughs> he convinced me, and that was the best move ever because he was correct. Oh, he um, told you that advice, in other words. He said, you don't want that. Is that what you're saying? Y- yes. Whoa, that's exactly, okay. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. Mm. Uh, unbeknownst to me, the only person that had um, a contract with Parlette, under Parlette, I think, was Malia Franklin. Got Just, you. And how did that yeah. work? Or why would, why did it work out that way? Did she demand that or something? And well, yeah. Um, well, actually, it had to do with her signing. Uh, signing with, uh, they brought Malia in to do Parlette mm-hmm. under. Uh, I, I believe she was promised a solo deal. Uh, really. If. She if she did this work with Arlette, she wasn't there to stay. She was, she was, it, it was a temporary thing for, mm. for her. Really? I didn't know and, that. Gotcha. Yeah, there was a uh, solo deal in the works for Malia. I believe that when the, the executive produced, whoever it was, if it was Neil Bogart, I forgot to took part in the meeting, but who, ever made the decision to sign Parlette to Casablanca Records um, made it, it stipulated that Malia that they were interested in Malia being out front. Got you. And so that caused some friction no doubt between the other two women. Mm. Got you. <laughs> and you're one of those other two. But you just no, said- you decided. I came, oh, you, you're talking I about came, the three before you came. Got you. Sorry, sorry. With Debbie and I, stuff. Yeah. I'm the second phase. Yeah. Got you. Okay, got you. And then, um, so you said it was good advice that George gave you then not to sign. And how? Why was it good advice? Because Ace, I would have been caught up in a lot of uh, difficulty. Uh, Contracts, copyrights, um, right? My my money. Where 
where, what am I being paid? When will I be paid? Where's, how do I, uh, how do I collect my monies? Where's my security? How do I go about securing myself in this music thing with this particular group at this particular time? I didn't want to quit. You know, there right. was some circumstances happening that would force you to quit, but I refused to quit because I wanted the music, and this was my right. opportunity. Yeah. Right, and I hear you. There's a struggle there. Like, you want to make sure everything's uh, everything's straight, but at the same time, it's just wonderful music. You want to be part of that, right? Exactly, exactly. So George, he was trying to... Spare, he spared me, not tried, he spared me from the difficulties that lied ahead. Right. He knew, mm. he knew, but I didn't know. I'm incoming. I'm new to this whole, you know, situation. But I'm not new to singing. I'm a vocalist. So each opportunity that I was given to sing, to perform, um, I pushed myself into taking it because I was somewhat shy. You know, it was a lot of different characters going on around here. <laughs> right. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering and, about that. <laughs> right. I don't know who's who. You know, there's always 15, 20, 30 people around. Right. <laughs> so you're, <laughs> you're trying to find out where... I was trying to fit in. I was trying, oh, how do I fit in? Because, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, you take into consideration all these different personalities. Right. And, you know, you, some people are questionable. <laughs> and <laughs> <Yeah>. you, <laughs> right. And you have work relationships with, you, there's no way that you can dodge certain situations with certain Oh, you know. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> some people bring that certain energy. Some people bring other energy with them. <laughs> oh, my God. Everybody, every, oh, oh, my God. It was so vicious. <laughs> vicious? But I, it was. It was vicious because it created this, um, this tension. And that's right. what I... I believe that George Clinton loved how he was fed uh, uh, off of the tension. All of them that, uh. was that was created, you know, they created that tension. And to have that, that energy, that negative tension, he wanted to take that, take all of that energy, take it to the stage. And that's what made the show so exciting. Mm -hmm. Uh, on stage because people were unleashing yeah. all of their uh, inhibitions, it's you know. Oh, they were yeah. Wow. You know, so he was he was diabolical. <laughs> Spe out. Speaking of that, let's hear some more of that. Uh, the result of some of that. Uh, how about off of the album, the brilliantly titled "Invasion of the Booty Snatchers"? Jay Stone. Uh oh. No Rump to Bump. Let's check out No Rump to Bump from Parlette featuring my jam. Shirley Hayden. My jam, too. We're gonna get you. Not, not gonna get you. <laughs>
great granite. This part's funny, though. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> show is so fun oh my god so funky hey Shirley what's that part that part's so crazy where you guys go like, <laughs> what was that, <laughs> that, that there's like a there's a part where the three of you are like uh, when the music's playing you guys are going like <laughs> you're like you're talking to each other real fast and like giggling and stuff I love that so, part <laughs> that's the terrestrial talking they're they're <laughs> is that extraterrestrial talking you said those are the Extraterrestrial communicating. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no wonder I like it. <laughs> That's right up Jay's alley. You know, all that science fiction. Right. Yeah. That's that's what that was. That yes. was uh, that was dope. Yes. We did a lot of caricature um, voices. Right. A lot of caricature voices. And right. are they are they speeding your voice up or are you just in a in a high pitched voice when you do you that? You know what? I'm not privy to all of what was going okay. on in the in the, in the uh, room. The re- and yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's uh, dope, though. I love that. <laughs> it's so right. Fun. right. I don't know. We had Jim Biddy as a recording engineer who was Jim one Vitti? of the yes, Jim Biddy, top sound engineer. He just recently passed mm. i think oh, last rest in peace year. but jim Vitti, you should look jim Vitti up but jim Vitti, it was a greg riley it was the host of engineers at these between these studios that we visited in uh detroit that were they created they helped to create uh that whole 
sound. Mm-hmm. You know what, Shirley? That's really cool that you're saying that. I haven't heard too many people like shout out engineers that no, specifically um, and like talking about their contribution. That's really that's great that you're saying that they made an impression on you, huh? Oh my God! Yes, yes, they were part of the the funk family. Right. You know? It was it was a family. It was a event. It was always an event, and they were right there in the middle of it. Who were uh, like on but, that record, uh, Invasion of the Booty Snatchers? Who were the main like writers and producers that you were dealing with mostly? Invasion of the Booty Snatchers. Wow. Um, was it like Ron? Was it Gary? Ron, Ron Dunbar. Gary was in and out. Um, a young man, by uh, Malia's uh, husband, boyfriend. His name is Donnie Sterling. Donnie Sterling. Up, yeah, upcoming uh, writer with George Clinton. I don't know who he was signed to, but he was there um, under the promise of the Sterling Silver Starship Band. And uh, he was writing. He was on staff. He was he was writing. Was so, Donnie Sterling a bass player? Donnie Sterling is a fabulous bass player, yes. And he plays the piano like he plays that bass. He sings like an angel. Well, he used to. I don't know what he's doing these days. Hey, Donnie. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Donnie Sterling. Donnie Sterling. But yeah, um, yeah, Gary, Gary Scheider was a major um, influence on Parlette. He, he really liked our voices he liked our voices the tone of voice. so he helped to shape the sound that um you hear all of these recordings rest in peace gary scheider uh, what was rest it like how, how was your relationship with him personally my personal relationship with gary scheider was that of a big brother um i spent quality time with gary and his wife, Linda Scheider, at their home um, down south. And when they lived, uh, they lived in Maryland and lived uh, in Georgia. And, yeah, I, we had a, a very close relationship. It wasn't a uh, sleeping cousins type of relationship. <laughs> right. But uh, he was a major, major influence role model. For me at that time, yeah. That's great. Yeah, because, you know, just trying to get a feel for um, who you're dealing with directly, because I imagine there's so many different people. You know, you got Parlette, The Brides, Bootsy's Rubber Band. Yeah, yeah you know, we saw we saw The Brides um, often because um, they were doing other products. Pe- you know, people are in and out of the studios. There were right. about studios within the United Sound that we were, that was booked by Parliament Funkadelic. So you're interchanging uh, studios and and people are going and coming and there was a lot of, um, a lot of, <laughs> yeah, when, like, for example, when you 
do like you that song we just played did you know that that would be on a parlette album or did you even know what you were doing like what would be on a parliament album what would be on this one in the beginning in the beginning of recording um let's see i came in on the second album right so where they had the music the the instrumental parts of certain songs had been laid already. Right. And, and the producers wanted to add the vocals to it. So I came in, um, doing, I believe it was riding high. Yeah. And, and with then the recording of riding high, you know, they, they would, um, change the tape. To, and they had writers in and out, you know, people, <laughs> it was busy. Yeah, it sounds it busy. busy. Sounds kind of fun, though. It was. It was <laughs> a lot of fun. It, it was a lot of fun. It was a very creative time. Right. Uh, I was 26, 27. I was uh, an empty vessel, just willing to soak it all in. <laughs> but, a- you know, you see some crazy stuff along the way. And so you have to weigh situations. You have to weigh the situation. It was a lot of fun. There was a song called Fun Will Take the Long Way Around. I love that song. Yeah. Fun Will Take the Longer Way Around. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. It's one of my all-time favorites. And that, the lyric, the, the story spoke to me loud and clear. You know, there was so much party, 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 party. You could get lost in the party party all day <laughs> right but did not afford to hang i had to you know i had a small child responsibility and, right i had the responsibility so they're uh with responsibility that's accountability so i mm-hmm. had to be accountable to my six seven year old daughter my mother <laughs> yeah sure you know, my, the yeah. village everybody Mom's was holding it down for you. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, she was holding it down, I tell you. Bless her heart. So, yeah, there was a lot going on for me at that time. I was growing as an artist, and then, and we were traveling, you know, we were traveling the country. Mm -hmm. We did the European tour, which was very exciting. It was... uh, (laughs) It was crazy again, crazy times. I People bet. do crazy. <laughs> what was so ex- with their, the, yeah, yeah, go ahead. You know, all and <laughs> and marijuana, whatever, whatever. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh my god! Hey, you know, you know one album that's that you did that's very underrated, and you told me uh, Parlette basically did the whole album is Glory Hell is Stupid. Uh, pin the tail on the funky. I love that album. This is true. It's yes, so good. Did. Let's listen to a little bit of "May We Bang You," and then we'll talk about it on the other side. This is from the Parliament album, featuring Shirley Hayden. Oh, right in. Number one with the bang. Cracker. 
Shirley, um, you said a lot of the songs at this time, like the lyrics, like they kind of had like a double meaning with like inside politics going on with the band at the time. Um, you remember what you remember that telling me that about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I believe talking about Trumbibulation. Yeah. But with all of them, with all of the the songs, there was some political uh, unrest happening during the the recording of all of these songs. You know, right? Uh, from Bibulation, I I don't know. Donnie was involved somehow. Uh, you know, it seemed like George was had an attitude somewhat for Donnie. It seemed. They didn't. They didn't uh, like each other. Well, I don't know the inside of that. Mm, got it. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know what their relationship was. He's a young. He's very innovative writer, bass player. You know, he's multi talented. Was he a threat? Right. Right. I didn't think so. <laughs> I tend to think so mm. but he didn't power he i don't know if he needed to be a little more patient i don't know but there was some inside stuff going on meanwhile they're creating these lyrics these messages for me were coming through um the lyrics of the song <laughs> that so, was yeah my, <laughs> so when you went over the my, lyrics you went oh i, I know what this means <laughs> yeah. Yes. Were yes. you a part had, of that writing, or was it just them in the room? No, no um, and yes, no, and yes. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? Uh, and I say that because you are, well, 
like I said, I was a newcomer and you give me an idea as to how you want me to mm-hmm. flow. Right. I have to, um, you know, make it happen. Create. Yeah. Make it. I have to make it happen. And, uh, yeah. So that in itself was powerful. Uh-huh. You are, um, you are being received as this up and coming voice mm-hmm. right. and you're being given step out parts. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the song, one of the most exciting songs, like I said, Trump Dibulation was huge for me. It was political. It was disturbing because I thought they were fucking with Donnie <laughs> somehow, you know, you something mean? going over. There's something going on with Donnie Searle. I don't know what it is. I, I don't you. know what it is. Got you. <laughs> Believe me, it could be money or drugs, one or the other. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> when, um, when you would do these songs live, so I'm taking it these songs are kind of more created in the studio, and then you would work on them, you'd rehearse them for a tour, or how would that work? We would rehearse it on the spot. In the studio mm-hmm. is where you learn the songs. Cool. And then rehearsal. You have rehearsal for a live uh, performances. Yeah. So you're learning the songs in the studio, Did, and then yeah. you're you're, you know, you're honing the songs in rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when. Yeah. Who was oh who was the band leader rehearsal? Was it Donnie? Or Gary? Say that again. Who was the the leader of the band for the Parlette band for rehearsals? Um, oh, who was it? Uh, Donnie acted as a leader for a moment of Parlette. He really didn't want to be the leader. Got it. Um, let's see. There was. Did uh, Gary lead at all, or just in the studio? Who, who was that? Uh, Gary Gary Scheider. Oh, Gary wasn't a part of the Parlette band. Parlette had their own band. Right, that's what I was asking you. Parlette was, uh, you know, we were original. Mm. (laughs) The original, yeah. We weren't a part of the... The clique. Yeah, the Parlette band was created especially to do Parlette. Uh Well, I love all that music so much. Um, Parlette, Parliament... But one thing I wanted to check out a little bit of, just because I liked it so much, and I know your boy, the black man, is there, is I really like the song um, Always on the One uh, with Mm. with that music video you all did. Um, Wow. I thought that was great. What do you guys call it? You call it, uh, it's on Black Planet Records. Is that one of those releases? One of those releases, yes. I love it so much. It's funky. Let's listen to it. Yeah, let's listen to some of that. And uh, this is Always on the One. This is Shirley Hayden. This is a solo single. I think from this year. Is this 2020? No, it's not 2020. It's 2018. 2018. This is is live music. This is funky. I mean, this. you know what I mean? This is great. You're going to like this, Jay. All right. Check it out. Always on the One by Shirley Hayden. Here we go. Ah, mm. Mm. 
it up, give it up, give it up, get it up. That's nice. That's Shirley Hayden, always on one at the front. Tell us about your people. Tell us who's on that song. Shout everybody out. On that song, we have Sean Papa Franklin. Yeah. On Sean Papa Franklin, who also acts as the producer. Black Planet Records is his label. On what instrument? He's a drummer. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. All right, Papa Sean. He's a drummer. He does other instruments, you know. Yeah. Bass. Wonderful. Joe Hayden on bass. Joe Hayden, yeah. Terry Clark on guitar. Terry sounds clean. The Black Man. The Black Man. Chilling there with you, right? Yeah, he's chilling here with me. And I really like the video. Um, you guys uh, put images of all, you know, funk greats and stuff on the screen, including the ladies. Wow. And give everybody props. That's really great. Uh, we're going to put a link, actually, to that video on our website, Jay Stone. Make oh, sure everybody man. can check that out. That's what's up. It's, Just to me, please. It's great. Um, Would you a link to me, please? Oh, Oh, absolutely. You're going to get the link. Are you kidding? <laughs> you'll be the first one to get it you'll be the first one to get it it's all about you and thanks to you thanks for coming on our show um, we love talking to you it's been fun it's I, been I, was, fun. I was wondering um, who were your best buddies in the band not like your mentors and stuff but like who did you but chill with the, the most or hang out with you know when you're touring recording who, who did you get along with the best who'd you room well, with yeah who was you your roomie with? My sisters, the, the girls, <laughs> the females, and then the band down the way, our band, we hung tight. Nice. But I had the girls, we weren't always friends. <laughs> sure. You know, there was, was a lot of tension. I bet. <laughs> because, you know, people don't want you there. <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't. I'm trying to find my footing. I'm trying to fit in, but... There was it was a lot of competition and the competition was it wasn't the men per se. I'm sure they had a great time watching mm-hmm. all of the <laughs> the cat fight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> all of, yeah, going on. That's that's, that, that's interesting was, what you're saying. Um what was like being a woman and being a man in the funk game, in the music biz at that time, you, you're saying you noticed kind of a difference, you think? Oh, it was a big difference. Yeah. In the, way, in the way that they handled the women. I mean, look at it here today. You, the women are, we're still fighting for uh, our Place mm-hmm. in the Parliament musical history of things too. Mm. That's our, right. Our vocals were ultra important. Played a big part in the shaping of that sound at that particular time. Right. Agreed. Uh, you know, we brought a whole. The female uh, energy, this particular group at that particular time, 
brought a beautiful uh, energy because we were all young and and learning and some had more skills than other, but it was a funk. It was a beautiful time. And, you know, we're all just <laughs> trying to find our spot, but there was a lot of uh, jealousy. And, you know, you had all of that going on because people, unbeknownst to me at that time, were um, really fighting for, they were positioning, trying to position themselves mm-hmm. for, you know, um, more appreciation, more accolades. I don't know. Yeah. What What were your, um, you're talking, you like compared to say uh, Malia, what were your ambitions at the time? Uh, were you happy with your spot? Did, would you want to do a solo album at that time? What were you thinking about? Well, I tell you, um, I thought when <clears throat> Malia was my friend, I love Malia. Okay. We got along very well. We spent a lot of personal time together. But Malia left. She went on to do a solo thing. She and her husband. The group had fallen apart. Jeanette was still tied to Farlette at this Mm -hmm. particular. And I had a conversation with George Clinton um, about shaping a new group. The group was, it was going to be a new group. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he was interested in my playing a big role in the reshaping of Parlette. And this was, it was a personal business conversation. I thought, you Uh know, but Uh there some eavesdropping going on. Uh-oh. So someone got whim that George was interested in my being a big part of the next phase of Parlette. <laughs> wow. Uh-oh. I'm hating going on. Somehow the, um, the news got to Jeanette Washington at that time, was her name, Jeanette Washington, mm-hmm. that George was looking to reform Parlette with me as a lead vocalist, uh, called me <laughs> from California. <laughs> he called me from California and told me a few things. What'd she tell you? <laughs> and one of them was, you'll never mm. be the lead singer of Parlette. Never! Like that? <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. You know, when we talked to JW, he kind of had the same kind of thing to say about her. Um, So so that makes sense. Oh, my gosh. Never. (laughs) Very ambitious. Very ambitious. Mm. You know, Um, you would think that the three of you, your three great singers, you just play off each other's strengths and work together as a team instead of why it's always got one person's got to be the star or something. You know, It's, it's a shame. It is a shame, and I don't know why, because each one of you is a star, a shining star. Yeah, you know, right. The, the light shines on all of us. Mm-hmm. Let's, share, let's share. Why can't we share the spotlight? Together, it's even brighter. 
yes, it's even brighter. And <laughs> just think brilliant it'll be. You're standing on your own because you were able to stand with a group. Right. And and you're you're standing alone. You shine as that single great star out here. But no, <laughs> the <laughs> ladies people didn't want to share the spotlight. That's a shame, especially when you look back on it. Um, let's, you know what? Let's play some more. I really like the Parlette music, especially the the stuff that Shirley sang on. I really like the, right. the album uh, "Play Me or Trade Me," and, oh. and that title track because that's got some some uh, subliminal messages. <laughs> so let's uh, listen to some of that. "Play Me or Trade Me," the title track off the album 1980 by Parlette. Featuring our guest Shirley Hayden. Now this is some super funk too. Put me in the game, coach. <laughs> that right? Shirley, that um, that song reminds me. That reminds me of a quote that I read in a book. There's a book, um, George Clinton and the P Funk All Stars Oral History, and I have the book right here on page 18. There's a quote from you, and it says, "This is you, Shirley. Um, we had to fight for everything we had. We had to fight to go to Europe, which is odd because you would think that by this being a baby of his." 
that George wanted to nurture and see this thing bloom full force. But I don't think that was the plan. Not at all. And that reminds me, you know, those lyrics like played me or trade me. I can hear some, uh, <laughs> there's some uh, double meeting there. Uh, what, what did you mean? What was going on there? Um, you had to fight to go to Europe? Yeah. What was truly happening, I couldn't tell you. Uh, I know Malia was fighting for her contract. She was fighting for uh, money. And I'm just coming into the family, trying to find my footing. Jeanette has an attitude all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was uh, very tricky, very, very tricky learning who you could communicate with within the family. Mm. Right. Who it was cool to talk to, who it wasn't cool to talk to, who it might, it might blow up in your face if you talk to... <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who's eavesdropping? Who's eavesdropping? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so when I found out that girlfriend was eavesdropping, mm. um, yeah, so, you know, you take that attitude throughout life. <laughs> yeah. Certain like, I can't, I can't really trust you. <laughs> yeah. And that has been my sentiment through out the relationship of psychedelic with mm. certain people. Yeah. <laughs> Keep them at a distance. Keep them at a distance. You, you, you like them. I'm not going to say love. Yeah. You, you like certain people mm. and, and keep them at a distance. No doubt. I say, I'm going to be your friend. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what was the, what's the timeline? Uh, Shirley, I'm not exactly sure. Like, did Parlet finally end as a group when Parliament was still kind of going, or did it all kind of end at the same time? Did or did you leave? Uh, did it all happen at once when you left, or you know, you know what I mean? Like it did. Gotcha. There's a lot of internal affairs going on that were effed up. <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. you. With the record company. Um, no one was really paying attention to this album. It was totally ignored. Mm. I mean, we promotional stuff uh, for the album, thinking that it would enter, um, you know, the charts. It was it was a hot song, right? This is. Yeah, this one is hot. It's going to put us on the map. And yeah, but no, it was totally ignored. And it was a somber time. Um, we were all, I was disappointed. I can't really say how Jeanette felt, but her, the way she carried herself, you know, your body language mm. let you know. It, it was hard. It was a challenge. And so all of that that I I endured, you know, the jealousy and the angst, all of that 
helped to develop me as a uh, strong-minded woman. Right, right. Well, at least you can get those lessons from it, right? Beautiful lessons. And, yeah. And um, how did that make you feel? Um, uh, here's what I'm trying to, th- what I'm thinking of, uh, Shirley. It seemed like one of the byproducts of this whole, whole George Clinton organization, like he has so many ideas, so many record deals, like I said, Parliament, Funkadelic, Bootsy's Rubber Band, Brides, and Parlette. Oh, uh, then you yeah. have like even like Solo, like Bernie Solo, Eddie Solo. It's so great. It's beautiful. We love it. We listen to these albums every day. But it seems like a byproduct of that is it's so many people to take care of, so many people to make happy, so many musicians and engineers. Yeah. You had a lot of stragglers. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you, everybody. You say stragglers? Stragglers, yeah. Yeah. Stragglers. Uh, Geepies. Yeah. Group. <laughs> <laughs> dope, dope men. Yeah. <laughs> Right, uh, you know, wanna be, wanna be, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, it's a lot of hangers on coming through. Maybe uh, disrupting hangers, the a lot of, yeah. A lot of hangers on. Entourage. Too much of an entourage. Yeah. Sometimes you got to get who's some work getting, done. Who's getting paid becomes a question after a certain point in time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Somebody's got to get paid. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I need my money. <laughs> no right, right. We all need our money, man. At that time, I need my money. <laughs> well, when you're making good material, you do deserve to be compensated, I believe. Every time. You do. Yes, you do. And when you do... Good songs, you deserve that credit. And you know what? Even uh, I had a harder time uh, finding this album, uh, Jay Stone and mm-hmm. Shirley, you know, getting this one, Play Me or Trade Me. And it's great. So um, I love this album. Let's hear another, a little bit of another tune from this, just because I love it so much. I want to make sure people recognize it. Funk Until the Edge of Time. Funk Until the Edge of Time. I love that song. Let's listen to a little bit of that because we need to recognize this album. Oh, uh, hey, yeah. Listen to that bass line. Get off your backside.
I was gonna ask you, Shirley, do you remember, um, I'm always curious about stuff like this. Um, do you remember, did you do a lot of take, like take after take to get it right? Or were you just kind of running through it a couple of times and that was it? How do you remember nope. that? We had to do it. <clears throat> take, uh, take after, after take, several takes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just fall right into the flow of what it is mm-hmm. that you're capture in in the lyric form how would you find your your harmony part would those be dictated to you or did you work them out together say that again a say there's at least three of you ladies singing um, Mm -hmm. and and sometimes with the fellas too were the harm were each of your parts like if you were doing a harmony was it dictated to you by the producer or did you find those on your own those parts all of the above got it you know, they may have an idea, but you, your vocals embellish what it is that um, they're trying to capture vocally. Yeah. You know, they you, you're interpreting what they uh, are trying to capture vocally. Got, yeah. Got you. That's kind of what I thought. That's that's beautiful. I love that. Like painting a picture. Like painting a picture. Very good. And you all painted that picture together, and it was a creative time. Well, we- Yes, yes. I wanted, I wanted to ask you, um, later on, after this, all of this, uh, in the 90s, you found yourself um, in Japan with some folks uh, doing gigs and stuff, right? Um, playing True. in nightclubs. You even did a commercial there. Yes. And um, yes. it was when you were doing that stint that you were hooked up by I believe Lonnie Motley with singing with Kid Rock. Is that right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> and that turned into a huge thing for you. So you were on three albums getting a platinum a, oh, oh, a gold, a platinum, and even a diamond album. Serious. Yes. So what was that I whole experience like? Crazy as hell. <laughs> 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 You know, um, he's a rapper. He was a rapper. Right. At that And um, I didn't know. This was all new to me, this rap thing. Right. Sure. Here in Detroit, Royal Oak, whatever. It was new to me. And uh, <laughs> so I, I was an observer for the most part. An observer, because uh, this is a little bit different. Okay. <laughs> Freestyle, a lot of hollering going on, chant, yeah. chanting going on. I have to watch my my uh, health, my vocal cords, you know. Right. I'm sure I thought at some point in time with Kid Rock, because he, he hollered a lot. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to help him with his... Uh, vocal exercises, or he needs. <laughs> you wanted to help Kid Rock with some vocal exercises, because. Uh... Uh, yes, he's he's my daughter's age. She's what about forty nine? Right. So he's, you know. <laughs> so you hooked him up. I did this beautiful work with Kid, but um, and you know I did what uh. We did the David Letterman show. We did... Yeah, Jay Leno, uh, David Letterman. Jay, we did MTV or 
Yeah. Yeah, we I did that. It was a live show, live performance. It was great. Mm-hmm. I did those things with Kid, and I appreciate um, the time that I spent in developing my uh, my skills. He afforded me that uh, opportunity, and with the work that I put into his project I was awarded a gold a platinum and a diamond that's yeah, amazing so Helen that's amazing <laughs> that is you. fantastic I was talking it's, to Jay about that earlier before we called you um it must be kind of frustrating because it's almost like he's so controversial now it's like you can't brag on that like as much as you'd want to no no brag really don't talk about him you know mm. right uh, no, it's, it's too heavy. <laughs> <laughs> he had this following in, uh, uh, where did we go? It was Midwest. He had a huge following. And so I was becoming acquainted with Kid. He had me do several important gigs that led to him being signed by whoever he was signed for. But it was, it was big because he's, a superstar. Right. Uh, and I do receive residuals today. Nice. Blessing. From the work that I did with uh, Kid Rock. So that that's a health plan. Uh, nice. Well, knock on wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Retirement plan in there. So it's been very, very good. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm really happy to hear that. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Um, Shirley, I want to thank you for being on here. I just wanted to uh, talk to you a little bit about Trombipulation, because um, I know you're a big fan of that album. You guys, if yeah. you haven't heard of Parliament Trombipulation, if that's not on your radar, there is a, a, a famous sample on there for the Humpty Dance. You know, that, that little turnaround there for the Humpty Dance. Let's listen to a little bit of the song that's from, which is called Let's Play House off of the album Trombipulation. That's the album by Parliament, and that features Shirley Hayden, our guest on vocals. Let's listen to a little bit of Let's Play House. Ah, hey. There it is. There they are.
Shirley, did you tell me that um, Gary Sharder also that like he basically did that album Trombipulation? You said was he's like the main producer on that? Yes, he was one of the main producers on it. I think Donnie Sterling may have written right off the top. I can't think of what it is that he wrote um, for Trombipulation, but yes, Gary was major he was one of the major producers that's uh, interesting i never knew that Mm-hmm. i'm sure george you know george was in there and everybody's talking and and uh you know uh throwing ideas and in, into the pot uh but the idea would come back to the backup vocalist most of the time by Gary Scheider, he would already have the concept uh, and he would give, he was seeing the idea to us and you, you know, you do your best to um, interpret what it is that, that Gary is asking for. So there was a lot of beautiful um, creative energy flowing at that time nice. of my life. So I am very appreciative of being, chosen to be a part of the sister group Parlette. Um, very proud of my um, early beginnings with Parlette. I really do thank George Clinton for the opportunity. Um, had no idea that it would be a part of my life today. <laughs> and right, right. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm very proud of the work that we did a little disappointed don't understand as to why the women <coughs> have not been <clears throat> the women haven't really been spoken of by george clinton pub, clinton publicly mm-hmm. and can i ask you something okay so and i asked you about this earlier today um so recently they were given a lifetime achievement award in the grammys and uh, you right. said you weren't you weren't brought into all any of that, any of the celebration or the award giving. Um. Oh, on the outside looking in, you know, from like my living room, looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was not invited to be a part of that. Um, that seems like a major oversight. That seems like a true. major oversight, right? <laughs> Believe it. How did you find out that that was even happening, that there's going to be an, a major award and all that stuff? Yeah, yeah. I had heard the murmur, you know, that it was happening, but um, to be invited to be a part of it, no. No, and how people were selected to be a part of that live um, event I don't know. I don't know how it works, but you know, there are there are parties and events and awards that are in the future, right, and right. I'm <laughs> I'm looking forward to the awards and all the accolades that are coming. Me and, too. That are right now. Yes, because the music is this music is eternal. It's timeless. Yes, sure is. it sure is. 
the time of recording the music, you, I could not look into 2020, predict that songs I recorded 30-some years ago would be as um, important today as they were to us back in the day. I know it must have been so hard to predict that it would become it would endure that much and be such a staple of because we love it. This music is so important to us; mm-hmm. it means everything to us. We study it <laughs> all warm and fuzzy inside. Thank you, Ace. Well, Shirley, it's been great having you on the show. I'll contact you later on this week to let you know about the episode coming out. And uh, thank you so much for uh, bearing with us and answering all our questions and talking to us. I appreciate it so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Remember, Funk's always on the one. Always on the one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, have a good night. And good night to Black Man, too. Yes. Thank you. Good night, Dave. All right, peace. Stay warm. Another great interview, Jay Stone, and a great one to kick off the year, I think. 2021. What do you think about that interview, or what stuck with you the most about what she was talking about, Shirley Hayden? Um, about her dedication and her, her the how she took it to heart, and she was always being responsible and accountable for her daughter. Yeah, you know, that, that was, was cool. that was cool. Um, that really stood out. Thank you for that, Shirley. Yeah, thank you for that. And also, um, I felt really proud that we're doing this episode just because of the things she was concerned about, about you know getting left out of the Grammy celebration oh, yeah. and other things about the, the women involved in the P-Funk, how she thinks they're not getting sung enough, and I couldn't agree more. So I'm glad we could at least help with that a little bit. No doubt. Somebody in New York, go, go spray paint her. Go put her face on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right? right. Let's get that going. That's right. Let's get some memes going. You know what I'm saying? And by the way, um, a big part of that, and we've been having a lot of woman guests on lately, a big part of that is chocolate from Graham Central Station who has been helping Ace Out Podcast. We're only good as our guests, right, Jay Stone? That's right. And getting guys like JW from the P-Funk fam out there in Georgia with your brother Nat. Mm-hmm. Um, Chocolate from Graham Central Station and other people behind the scenes. Yourself, Jay Stone, getting us guests on the show and keeping the show going. And that's why we love to do it. Yeah. 
I'm going to keep my remarks brief because we have a lot more shows coming up this year. We're going to be coming out more frequently, y'all, which is a lot of work for me. <laughs> it's like a full-time job, but this is a labor of love, and I do love to do it. It's a passion project. It really is a passion project. Uh, remember, guys, uh, our next episode is going to be Sweet LD from Oaktown 357. Yep. That is some fat hip-hop. Uh, discovered by MC Hammer, but I don't know if a lot of people remember. MC Hammer is like a badass around um, Oak Oaktown mm-hmm. and got a lot of people jobs and got a lot of people their music careers and got a lot of people paid yeah. uh, back then. He was like a giant. And putting this uh, female hip-hop group is uh, was essential to part of that legacy. And when I listen to that album, Oaktown uh, 357, now, Jason, it sounds so fat. Today's rap... Right. It just sounds weak and like thin. Like the production, it sounds yeah. like the 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 kick snare. It just mm-hmm. sounds so like thin and like yeah. weak. When you listen to that hip hop from like the nine, like eighty nine, nineteen ninety, it sounds so real. huge. Yeah, they do a lot of drag and drop nowadays. You know, right, nobody's right. really playing. It's just more. You know, um, my four year old cousin could go make a beat. Right, right, and get a Grammy Award, right? Right. (laughs) Uh, Nothing against your four-year-old cousin, by the way. (laughs) Um, Just trying to make a point. So, uh, also, we got uh, the Brother P tribute coming up. Um, That's a really important thing. Brother P from the Funkin' That's Mm -hmm. our band. That's Jay Stone's band. We're going to have Mac Fab coming in and other guests that we're going to talk to on the phone. That's going to be a tribute for our fallen funk soldier. And that's also coming out after the Sweet LD. So, you know what I mean? We got a schedule going on, Jay yeah, Stone. Man. We got a real show going. We're also going to talk to local hip-hop legend uh, Monster, who's a help, uh, also a producer on the show that helped us get things going. That's right. Um, I wanted to shout out because it was really nice, and I didn't expect it. It caught me off guard. But Ricky Vincent... Um, he played fully mentalized in honor of my birthday wow, uh, on the last history of funk show. And that's like a dream come true. So, uh, you know, that's kind of like my George Harrison song on the Bible album by Funkin' I sing this song fully mentalized to nice. J Stone's music. And uh, a lot of people like that song. It's funny about that song. There's always like two reactions. Like people like that song. That's yeah. one reaction. They go, hey, I like that song fully mentalized. But they always go like, what's going on what is that (laughs) like who is that is that you know even your brother like called me he's like is that you or like what is this song like it's kind of it's a different kind of tune yeah it's not really in 4-4 and it's like people are like what is it but people like it yeah it's driving a little bit right but they get a reaction and i saw even online when uh you know uh ricky vincent has like a social media thing going on when he does his history of funk show i'm talking about ricky vincent you guys the author of a great book on funk that came out in the 90s and is still relevant today, inspired me. Ricky Vince is a teacher at UC Berkeley, and he mm-hmm. does his own History of Funk show. He's a great funk warrior, funk soldier. Yep. And um, anyway, he's always doing a great show every Friday night on KPFA. And to shout out my birthday, even that he was aware of it, was just an honor. That was and cool, then, man. And then he played that song. And I want to shout him out as well. It was uh, Ricky's birthday on December 27th. It's been That's a year right. since we did that show. That's right. Since we did that show uh, for Ricky Vince's birthday. At, <laughs> that was such a crazy... He was dancing like a there fool, was. man. He's getting <laughs> We got video of that. We might that blackmail cool. him later. <laughs> but thank you, thank you, Rick, uh, thank you, Ricky Vincent. Yes, please. Um, I wanted to talk about, since it's the end of the year, I want to do a wrap-up before we leave Jay Stone. 
Um, so first of all, what I've been listening to lately, like what what's in my car? Yeah, because I still have a CD player in my Do truck. You? Okay, I, I have a cassette player in there. Wow. And I just got my own. Finally, I got a CD copy because it's not even on Spotify or nothing. All my funky friends, you know the Don Silva solo joint. Oh yeah, from two thousand. Uh-huh. That is fat. Is that it? is a good album, dude. Uh. I gotta let you dub that off me. Oh, I should have recorded that. Let's we'll edit that part out. <laughs> but um, you know what? I finally got it. It was like a bootleg from the Netherlands. My stepdad gave it to me oh, for Christmas. Wow! So I finally got a copy of that, and I've been bumping that. Okay. Also, I didn't really. I I don't know why I slept on it. But there was an album, it's kind of like a compilation that was put out in 1993 under George Clinton's name called Plush Funk. Do you know this album? Never heard of that. It's on Spotify now. Okay. Dude, I was listening to it. I thought it was like a George Clinton solo joint. So yeah. just checking it out is really cool. It's really cool. It's really good. It's amazing. I'm like, what is this? Huh. It's got the horns. It's got the bass. It's, it's It just sounds lovely. Plush Funk. It turns out it's... It's all this tracks that they kind of had around that they didn't use around the time of Electric Spanking and War Babies. Mm, okay. Or this album or that album. Right. And they never really made the cut or they yeah. didn't know what to do with it. Some right. random Michael Hampton solo joint or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. And they kind of just had it on the shelf. Anyway, they all put it under this thing called Plush Funk. I'm telling you, this album is amazing. It's amazing. Like, it's unbelievable. It's I'm so catchy. Yeah, you, go get it, y'all. I, gotta, I can't recommend this more. Also, and it just came out, it's a 2020 album, Bootsy Collins. Now, I know what you're thinking. Usually when these cats, when they put out an album, you know, a latter-day album, it's aight. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's, it's not like the old days. It's not the great stuff. Let me tell you something, and I'm a tough critic. This, this Bootsy Collins album, it's mm. called The Power of the One, just released a month ago. Excellent. It's yeah. excellent. It has the dope bass. It has some of the dope like uh, ballads that it usually has with the overdrive right. you know, bass. It's got cats like George Benson. Yeah, I didn't even know George man. Benson was around. He's oh, playing man. on it. Yeah. And it's actually well done. It actually has good songwriting. Mm-hmm. And it's fat. And that's me talking, you know. So it's I highly recommend it. At some point, I forget the name of the song. I was trying to look up my phone. At some point, Bootsy says... Basic instructions before leaving Earth, baby. Now, how did he get that idea? <laughs> I wonder, <Jay> Uncle Bootsy. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Collins. <laughs> I heard that. I'm like, oh, my God. I got to tell Jay Stone about this. Um, so, anyway, that's what I've been bumping lately. And then I want, before we sign off, I wanted to ask you, Jay Stone, because I'm going to let you know yeah. uh, some of my favorites from 2020. Since we're going into 2021 mm-hmm. now. Uh, we just want to kind of go wrap up of the best of, you know, there's so much content out there, there's right. so much stuff. So, for example, what was your favorite TV show from 2020? Um, it's recently, um, my brother sent me uh, something, you know, a little text saying, check out Sylvie's Love. Sylvie's Love. On Amazon. And Is that a show me, or a movie? That's a movie. Okay, a movie. And okay. it took me about maybe a week to watch it. But then when I did... I was amazed because it's a beautiful story about this uh, this couple in um, I want to say they're in Detroit, maybe Michigan or somewhere, and it was about a saxophone player and okay. just trying to make it. And uh, it's a beautiful black love story. Sylvie's love. Sylvie's love, and Did- you won't be disappointed. It's um, on Amazon. Nobody dies within the first ten minutes. Right. You know? <laughs> um, it's a beautiful love story, and uh, 
you'll be surprised at the end. Okay. And yeah. Okay. It's very good. And it's and it's a film, right? Yes. My favorite movie from last year was a movie called I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Mm. Uh, you know Charlie Kaufman? He did a show like, uh, he did uh, Internal Sunshine of the Spotless yeah. Mind. You know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Or um, um, Being John Malkovich. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dope. That dude, he did okay. his own movie. It's called I'm Thinking of Ending Things, and it's a Netflix joint. Okay, I got to check that out. I can't even really explain it. Okay. It's just about um, a girlfriend and her boyfriend that go to his parents' house mm-hmm. to meet the parents. Okay. And how I described it, everything I just said, like, makes sense. So right. I almost makes, I'm making too much sense because the movie is very abstract, like yeah. Kafka-esque. Yes. But it means a lot. And anyway, I highly recommend it. It's worth analyzing and checking out. Dope. But I, I was trying to ask you, I meant show. What's your favorite show? Oh, though? okay. Um, From recently, 2020. It's, it's another recent thing, um, Sheila E's YouTube oh, show. yeah, yeah. I want to yep. check that out. I, I really like Sheila. I auditioned for a band years ago. Um, when did you audition for a band? Oh, man, when she had that uh, Romance 1600 album. Yeah? Me and, uh, it was a, the all of Oakland was at Soundwave. It was actually called Jackson Street at that point on Jackson Street. And I bet everybody must have went to that call. Everybody was there, dude. What year was that? Do you remember? Uh, uh, 90... 89, 90, somewhere around there. I, I you actually, have to do the audition? They actually put bass, drum, the guitar player, and keyboard together. And I went in there with my with my buddy, Toho. Toho plays bass. Okay. In reggae bands. Um, and uh, so it was good because I knew him. We knew how each other played. We played together. You know, that That's was an thing. advantage. So you guys auditioned together? Yes. And That's actually tight. Yeah. And it felt good. Um, little did we know that the whole band who she was actually using was Tony, Tony, Tony. We're uh. all standing right there next to her. <laughs> so they were recording, maybe getting ideas for songs or licks. I don't know what they were doing, but they had the whole band over there already. And I knew Wait all those guys already. Wait a minute. Do you mean like that they already had the band that she was going to use? Yes. But they were having auditions and you were under the impression they were just using it to come up with song ideas? That's what it seemed like because if you already have the whole band over there. Right. It was like a thousand people outside, you know, and and inside going in there as a group to play. And then they go out, you know, and then you're recording the whole thing. It's like a buyer's market for them. (laughs) (laughs) I like that lick. (laughs) Right, right, right. Let me ask you, though. You said you liked her TV show. Like, what's going on with the TV show? Yeah, it's in her house. Um, I'm guessing she lives in L.A. or something like that. She had The first episode was with her mom and dad, moms and pops, and... Her pops is a legend. Yeah, and it was cool. They explained how they met in Oakland. She went to Tech, Oakland Tech, and he went to, uh, uh, I forget what school it was, but it was cool because this is, you know, my neighborhood. I grew up around here, and to know that they were, uh, you know, living. Because when I first moved to Oakland, which was in 84, they lived in Alameda. The reason I know that is because they lived across the street from a friend of mine. This guy uh, that I knew, his name was Brady. Brady played the drums, and Sheila and her family lived across the street. Yeah, um, I actually know that too, not because of that, your personal story, because mm-hmm. I just finished reading Sheila E.'s autobiography in the okay. past year. Yeah. And she talks, she heavily, heavily discusses Oakland and each house that she lived in yeah. in great detail. So yeah, yeah that's amazing, man. That's amazing. I was going to say, I forgot. 
I actually have a runner-up for a favorite movie, and that's the Betty Davis documentary. Uh, yeah. I don't know. That's not like a, you know, that's a documentary, but that was a great movie as yeah, well. Yeah, it was. And then also for my TV show is a show called Fargo. I haven't seen that. Fargo. Oh, it's, it's excellent. Is it? Fargo. It's off. I like stuff that's off the beaten path. Uh-huh. It was a movie, obviously, in the 90s, but they made like a TV show out of it starting in 2011. Mm-hmm. And each season, there's been four seasons, is a different story. It's like the same story the whole season, uh, and then there's a different okay. one, but they're right. kind of connected. Yeah. Not really, but kind of. Okay. So, for example, the first season, it was all about like Billy Bob Thornton. He was like the main like bad uh-huh. guy. And the past one, it was Chris Rock. He was one of the main dudes. Right. He plays like a, a top gangster yeah. for this one uh, uh-huh. clique. And it takes place in the, I think, 1951, I want to say. No, I think earlier than that because it's right after the uh, World War II. All right. Anyway, Fargo, you got to check it out. It's on FX. Okay. It's badass, but it's also kind of abstract. It's like a gangster movie, but then it's also kind of magical. There's some kind of yeah voodoo kind of stuff going on with okay. it, too. It's, it's very, very good. Again, I can't really explain it. They're just saying just watch it. Check it out. How about a favorite um, album? Oh man, I just uh, I've downloaded so many albums from iTunes recently, but the one that I've been listening to most recent was the uh, Karis One Karis One album called something about the protest, and it's just I, oh, I love it. New album by Karis One is good, huh? Yes. Man, right on, yes. man. Because I'm shouting out Bootsy, and then Karis One had one. He's got to be in his fifties, yeah, maybe late fifties by now. Still, just kicking knowledge, and really for young people to hear and know where they came from, right? And their history, and Boogie down. you know, you know where we came from, kings and queens. He sets it up in such a way that you can digest it. You can walk away, you know, uh, standing a little taller. Yeah. You know, feel yeah, a little yeah, better yeah, yeah, about yeah. yourself because you know, you know, I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to say that. I like how you say that, Jay Stone. Karis One. Okay, he's representing Boogie Down. Between the protests. That's what the album's called. Between the protests. Mm-hmm. Check it out by Karis One. For me, I think it's a tie. Um, I really like uh, RTJ4. That's the Run the Jewels, their fourth album. Yes. That's fat. I love that. That's great. I'm a big Killer Mike guy. And then I really got to say, and I'm not just saying it because I know her because she was on our show, but I really like that Dreams and Devastations album by mm-hmm. uh, by Nitrous M1, Emily yes. Payne. Oh, yeah. that's, that's a great record, yeah, man. The more I listen to it, the better it is. I've been checking out her videos too. Cool cool concept. Yeah, yeah. That last one, yeah. that butterfly video yeah. is really cool. Cool concept. Um, she did a cool thing online. I was kind of jealous of it. They did like a listening party where... She listened to it, and she was online with the other two guys she did the album with, like the bassist and You're drummer. Right. Yeah, and they just talked through it, kind of like you remember. Oh, I seen that. I oh, didn't you watch saw it, that? Yeah, I yeah. didn't watch it, but I seen it. Check it, it was, out; it's yeah. good. It's, okay. Remember, you know, like in the mo- uh, DVDs where they have like director's commentary. It's right. kind of like that. Like they're okay. doing commentary while they listen to the album. It's like a listening where they're talking about. It. It's really cool. Um, for podcasts, I didn't ask you about best podcast, but I just thought to add this. I, I'm never going to promote other podcasts on this show. <laughs> I, I consider them the enemy. You know, why should I do them any yeah. favors? And I'm trying to, we're, we're fighting for ears. We're fighting for hearts and minds. Yeah. Uh, but I do got to say, I really like the Talking Sopranos podcast. Mm. It's very good. Okay. It's just two guys, Steve Shripa and Michael Imperioli. They're from the show, The Sopranos. Mm. 
It was on, you know, ended like 20 years ago. Yeah. The main guy, James Gandolfini, passed away. Yeah, he did. And all they do is they're re-watching the show together. Uh-huh. In each episode, they just do a podcast where they talk about the episode. True. And then they also interview other people they work with on the show, like uh-huh. how they're doing, where they are now, and yeah. talking about the episode. It's a great, great podcast. It's really hilarious because they're kind of like, hey, hey, you know, they're like New York kind of right, <laughs> Italian right. guys. So it's pretty funny how they argue and talk about the show. <laughs> uh, they don't need me to promote them, though. So listen to Ace Out podcast yeah that's that's my favorite (laughs) thank you that's why i didn't even bother to ask you i knew you'd just say that uh okay um there's one more album that i just haven't been able to stop listening to and that is the rainbow children by prince no joke oh my god now that's an album and i didn't know i guess i was asleep or something but i just figured out uh discovered this album in the last few weeks just tooling around spotify Mm mm-hmm so Rainbow Children came out in 2001, Prince album, and it's just badass. It's got that funk. It's got that live band sound, despite what was going on music at the time with all the, you know, producery kind of stuff with, you know, drum machine and stuff. Right. It's a great, great concept album. And I don't even really know what song is the best song, but I figure a really great one to do is a song called The Work Part One. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be a good way to kick off 2021. Willing to do the work. Not just talking about what you needed to do, Jade Stone. No doubt. But doing it. He was doing it. But doing it and saying, I'm ready. Sign me up. But you have to have a plan. That's right. You have to implement that plan. No doubt. You can talk about it. You could be excited. But then you have to go through parts A, B, C. You have to do it, right? That's right. Prince was one of those guys. He knew how to implement his ideas. He was a creative cat, and he knew yeah, how he to was. put it into service for himself. Yeah. Let's listen to that, guys. Willing to do the work, and then I'll see you next time, Jaystone, when we yep. talk to Sweet LD. Sooner than later. Holly, y'all. <laughs> Good to see you, man. I'll see you next time.
Change, but the alchemy occurred most. 